Hello and welcome to episode three of Linda's Lockdown Bites. And hello to all our new listeners on Apple and Spotify. We are finally here. Hurrah. Good, isn't it? It's really good. Definitely, yeah. I think it's also available on other podcast channels, isn't it? Um, yes, we're on Castbox, um, TuneIn, and hopefully Google Podcasts um, as of today as well. Oh, brilliant. So hopefully, wherever you listen to your podcasts, you can now listen to us. I don't think you can get away from us, Rachel. No, (laughs) which is a good thing. Right, let's get into it. Okay. Okay, so tell me what you've been doing this week. What have you been up to? Well, one of the things I have been doing is making sure that Linda's Lockdown Bites is now available on Spotify, CastBox, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts and TuneIn because we thought it was very important um, to be on the main podcast platforms as well as on YouTube. So that's been great just seeing the interest and the number of uh, listeners and followers going up. Yeah. Um, I have carried on reading children's stories and again it's just been so lovely the messages that I'm still getting from children saying how much they enjoy listening and uh, I read Superworm this week I can't believe I've never read that story before but it was absolutely brilliant so have you been baking anything this week I haven't done any baking this week but I have made um, several hundred cupcake toppers um, printed off the images and prepared them onto the fondant discs ready for the big cupcake order, which I think we alluded to last week. And yeah. that will definitely be happening. Um, we'll be baking them early next week and uh, by midweek they'll be going off to their recipients and hopefully we'll then be able to tell you a little bit more about where they're going and why. Excellent. I've actually been baking this week as well. I've been baking more than I think I ever have in a week previously. I've made um, some rhubarb and apple crumble cupcakes with white chocolate chunks, (laughs) which were delicious. I actually was given some rhubarb from Dad and you, um, which was lovingly left on my doorstep. I was kind of challenged as to what I could make with it. So I made the rhubarb and apple crumble muffins. And I also made um, some strawberry and rhubarb oat slices. And then I have made some double chocolate chip brownies. I think I saw those on Facebook just now. Yeah, they are delicious. And some homemade chocolates, another batch of homemade chocolates, which have gone down well. And I'm currently making some caramel shortbread. So it has been a bit of a ridiculous baking week here. You start by making one thing and then I've been dishing out to friends and family as and where I can. And then somebody else would say, oh, I'd love a slice. So I then make more. But then I realised that there's not enough to go round, so I make something else. And before you know it, I've set up my own bakery at home, which is... So really... these are all um, doorstep deliveries, are they? They are, yeah. I'm going to try and space them out, though. So this week, I've obviously been baking a lot, and I've uploaded some photos to Facebook um, for my friends and family. And I've had lots of lovely comments, along with lots of people requesting the recipes, Um, I started sending out recipes, but a lot of the time I've made up the recipe or substituted ingredients and made them my own. Um, And I thought, well, it's going to take me quite a while to keep typing up the recipes and sending them out to people individually. And then I thought, is there something I could do to use this um, for a good cause? So then I thought, well, would anybody be interested if I put some of my favourite recipes along with some photos and some tips of how to make them 
into a short book that I think I'm going to print, or it might be an ebook. I haven't decided yet. And maybe put the feelers out there for it to be maybe £7.50, which seems quite reasonable, and for all the money to go to the NHS. I think that's a lovely idea. I think that would be really popular, actually, because people are always asking for recipes. I think so many people have taken up baking during lockdown. There'll be a real interest in that, especially because stuff we've been doing looks so scrubby. Well, I hope so, because I thought it's hard, isn't it, in these circumstances to think of how you can try and help make a difference. And it would be good if I could somehow help raise some money for the NHS by helping other people with their baking. So it'd be really simple, short recipes, all the kind of things that I'm baking at home that people seem to really want and enjoy, with some lovely photos to go with it. And it would either make a nice gift for yourself or for somebody else in lockdown at the moment. So watch this space and I will advertise it very shortly. So with that being said, we would love it if you could send us photos of what you've been baking in lockdown. And we thought, whether that's on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter, if you use the hashtag Linda's Lockdown Bites, then we'll get a notification and we can see. And um, it'd be lovely to see whether there's a recipe that you'd love us to try or a recipe that you want me to include in my little recipes book. Or just a maybe you've tried something and it's not worked out how you quite thought and then you could ask us how you might be able to improve it. Okay, so last week on our podcast, we asked you for your questions and thank you so much. We were inundated, which was lovely. I think it might have had something to do with the incentive of there being a sweet treat. Um, you might have done. I think so. But um, yeah, it was lovely. So we've, we've kind of collated as many as we could and we're going to go through some now and I will leave Mrs Kitchen to answer them because she has a lot more baking experience and knowledge than me and is in a much better position to answer them. So Some of them were quite tricky, to be fair. I bet. Looking at them, they look quite tricky. Um, we'll start with a nice one. So from Sam Jones. Hello, Sam. Um, she has asked, what is Mr Kitchen's favourite cake? Hi, Sam and Karis and Neris and Simon. And um, by the time this podcast is uploaded, Neris will be three years old. So I hope you had a lovely birthday, Neris. Oh, happy um, birthday, Neris. I actually asked Mr Kitchen last night to his face, what is your favourite cake? Because, you know, sometimes people change their minds. And yeah. uh, I wouldn't. I didn't want to, like, misrepresent him. He said categorically, at the moment, his favourite cake is... Big drum roll, Victoria sandwich. <laughs> a classic. Absolutely. Do you think that's because it actually is his favourite or because he just wanted to answer the question quickly? <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> because I'm sure Dad's favourite cake is actually Cherry Bakewell. I think he likes that fruit cake that's got, like, just a little bit of fruit throughout it with yeah. some um, white glacé icing on the top. But who knows? Maybe it was the first that's thing that came to his head, bless him. Okay. Lovely answer. Um, next up, we have a question from David Kelly. He has asked, what's the most unusual flavoured cake we have had to bake? Okay, so hi, David. Um, just to say that we do miss you and Luke very much when you come in on a Friday afternoon. And we're wondering if Luke is managing without a weekly fix of drip cake. So um, <laughs> it's great that you subscribed and you're listening to us. Thank you for that. When it comes to unusual flavours, I'd have to say that for me, 
being asked to bake a bubblegum flavoured cake was the most yeah. unusual. I was just like, no, we don't do that. But it turns out that bubblegum flavour is a thing. And we were actually able to purchase bubblegum flavouring. We don't really do much with artificial flavourings. Um, we prefer to use like natural flavourings wherever we can. But this was a real passion for the um, person who requested it, or for their child. And we were happy to oblige on that occasion. When it comes to more regular flavours, um, I would say that the most unusual is chocolate and chilli. But mm. also, that wasn't a specific request. That was something that I heard vaguely about fancied having a go at and actually really enjoyed nice do you use fresh chili for that or chili powder i use chili powder and i'm just thinking how about chocolate and chili brownies they would be good Let's maybe we need to try go. them i might give those a go this week exciting um kim has asked is it true that you can add baking powder to plain flour if you don't have any self-raising flour? Okay, so hi, Kim, and uh, also hi to Martin, of course, and the rest of the family. Uh, Kim and Martin actually look after the Stylist Council, which is the vinyl night we hold here at the kitchen when we're not in lockdown. Um, the answer to your question is definitely yes, and we have done this on several occasions. If we found ourselves um, caught short without any self-raising flour, then we would add baking powder to plain flour. And actually, some bakers, um, perhaps if they're short of storage space, or if they just want to have a little bit more control over the amount of raising agent that they have in their flour, will will do this as a matter of course. So it's not a problem at all. You can absolutely do it. It's difficult to know exactly how much to advise. The advice you'll see is from one to two teaspoons for every 150 grams of flour. Yeah. I would always err uh, on the side of caution and say start with probably one teaspoon which is actually one five mil spoon um, for us with 150 grams of flour and see how you get on. Excellent. Good tip. Kim has also asked whether we could do home deliveries of flour. Right at the beginning of lockdown, I did wonder if this was something that we should do as we obviously had a sack which had been delivered just before we closed. Um, but sadly, our stock has almost gone now and we will be looking to buy some more ourselves once we restart baking we donated it to various people round and about in fact we we did give us a whole sack of um, bread flour to the chipperfield um covid support group who are making bread and soup for vulnerable people every week so it all went to a good home we've got a little bit left now and um, we've got enough for the cupcakes that we're baking next week if you are looking to purchase flour and you're struggling then some of the online cake making and equipment suppliers have been advertising that they have it back in stock if you're in croxley i saw that uh, spa in Baldwin's Lane, I believe, have got some back in stock. Mm. And another option is to look at buying a sack of flour because I did hear that the problem with um, flour supplies was to do with the packaging. I noticed Morrison's were selling some in um, their own bags, so they've obviously been buying yeah. sacks and um, putting it into smaller bags. So if you're prepared to buy a sack, you could perhaps share it with friends family 
that might be another option with your neighbours. I think that the supply seems to be improving from what I'm hearing, but I yeah. think it's mostly plain flour that's available. So Kim's question actually leads us on to another one from Sue Booth. Hi, Sue. Um, Sue's found herself unable to obtain both self-raising flour and eggs from the supermarket. Um, She does, however, have some baking powder, though, so now she can turn her supply of plain flour into self-raising flour, as we've previously described. Um, So what recipes are there out there where she can make something, but she doesn't need eggs? Okay, well, this is a good question. And actually, when you think about it, vegans don't eat any animal products, so they don't eat eggs. So all the vegan cake recipes, which we've been uploading to our website this week would be suitable for somebody who's not necessarily vegan by choice but who hasn't been able to get hold of any eggs so at the moment we have a vegan carrot cake a lovely delicious vegan chocolate cake and of course everyone's favorite uh, lockdown cake the banana loaf those mm. are all on our website at the moment excellent and in a similar vein helen cox has asked us why do some recipes use baking powder some bicarbonate of soda and some both, and some neither. Hi, Helen, and thank you. And this is a great question. I feel like I'm at the uh, five o'clock briefing, you know, when they look at me. <laughs> this is a great question. You should get your chart really out. <laughs> so, baking powder and bicarbonate of soda are both essentially raising ingredients. And there are many others, and I think perhaps we'll talk about those another time. But for now, these are two of the most common ingredients that are used to make sure that our cakes rise well and are light and fluffy. So to the first part of your question, um, or maybe the last part, why do some recipes not use either of these? And that would be because they're not designed to be a light and fluffy cake. So the example, the classic example probably would be brownies. They're created by melting butter and chocolate, stirring in eggs, sugar and flour, popping them in the oven to set so that you get that nice, dense, fudgy texture. Then we move on to our classic sponge recipes. For example, Victoria sponge cake, lemon drizzle, coffee, chocolate sponge cake. All of these are generally baked using self-raising flour, which, as we've already heard today, is essentially plain flour with the addition of baking powder, whether you buy it as self-raising flour or add that yourself. Um, We don't generally add any additional baking powder to those recipes and uh, it's probably fair to say that here at the kitchen we don't really use a great deal of baking powder in our cakes because we're using self-raising flour however um an example of a recipe that would need baking powder would be scones and that's because we're using strong bread flour we like the extra gluten in that flour but it doesn't have a raising agent in it So that would be why we would add baking powder to the scone recipe. Okay, so what is the difference between baking powder and bicarbonate of soda? Okay, well, bicarbonate of soda basically is an alkaline base and it reacts with acids such as lemon juice or vinegar, producing bubbles of carbon dioxide, which um, allow our cakes to to rise and to become lovely and light and fluffy. Okay, so you can kind of think of the classic Mentos and Coca-Cola experiment with the CO2 being released and it all happening very quickly. Absolutely. And that's the thing. When bicarbonate of soda and acids come into contact, it does all happen very, very quickly. And uh, this isn't ideal for all recipes. So what kind of recipe 
is likely to have bicarbonate of soda in where you do need that reaction to happen quickly? Well, our red velvet cake would be a good example. At the end of the mixing, we stir through some uh, white vinegar and some bicarbonate soda that we've mixed together. And that goes into the batter. And then you have to be sure to get it into the oven really quickly um, before the bubbles have all dispersed. Ah. And I would always say to people, when you're starting out baking, look at the recipe, follow it and make sure you use what the recipe specifies. Um, For anybody who is homeschooling and you need five minutes off, then just sit your kid down and let them listen to that because I think you've got a home economics and a science lesson in one there. Well, I always say this. When children say to me, oh, when I grow up, I want to be a baker, I always say to them, well, make sure you concentrate during your chemistry lessons. (laughs) (laughs) On to Lauren Duncan next. She has asked, when do you think the kitchen will be back open again? I know that's kind of a hard one to say, but maybe we can change it to when do you hope it will be open again? It will be a gradual reopening. There's no way that we're going to be able to just open the doors to how we were before. And we've been really honest and quite transparent with our customers about the challenges that we face to do with social distancing, taking payments and staffing and such like. But we hope in the next week or two to be able to offer some takeaway cakes. And that will be ordered online, paid for online and collected at a set collection time. So that's our hope. And I'd say watch this space. Our next question is from Lucy Pyle. She has asked, how many eggs do we normally go through in a week? Hi, Lucy. Lovely to hear from you. Um, I think about 300. Obviously, it will vary from week to week, depending on how many afternoon teas we have, if we're baking wedding cakes or if the shop's particularly busy. But yeah. About 300, I imagine. Ben Whitley has asked, what are the origins of Black Forest Gatto? Hi, Ben. Well, I'll be honest with you, I had to Google the answer to this one, and it's quite interesting, actually. So I've popped it up on our website, along with um, a little bit of a guide as to how we make a Black Forest cake. But what I would say is that it's common, um, a common misconception, really, is that this Gatto takes its name from the Black Forest, but it doesn't. It actually takes its name from the fiery alcohol, which is made from Black Forest sour cherries. So apparently this cake has um, a protected status, which means without the inclusion of this speciality alcohol, it can't actually be described as a Black Forest Gatto. So I've had quite an education this afternoon. Mm -hmm. I always said to customers that ours wasn't a genuine black forest gatto we do make a very nice um black forest cake but we can't really say that that is the iconic classic black forest gatto the black forest gatto is more of a dessert isn't it i'd say rather than the black forest cake is different in consistency to the black forest gatto yes and it's not soaked in that iconic kirsch made with sour cherries from the black forest yeah lovely And um, lastly, I'm just going to round off with a question from Karen Bertram Fry. And she's asked whether she can still purchase gift vouchers from the shop whilst you're closed. So thanks, Karen. That's really thoughtful of you wanting to buy a gift voucher from us. And uh, we've been thinking about it ourselves. We 
believe the fairest thing for our customers would be to say that you can purchase the gift vouchers now and we hope they'll make a lovely present. And then when we reopen, we will validate them all with six months um, from the date that we reopen. So you have plenty of time to come and enjoy your tea. Lovely. And if somebody does want to um, purchase a voucher from you, what's the best way to go about it? I think that um, the best way to contact us at the moment is always by email, linda at thekitchencroxley.com. Lovely. Okay, so that concludes our questions for this week. Um, thank you to everybody who sent in a question and sorry to the ones that we didn't get a chance to read out. Um, however, we'll put all the names into a random generator and pick one out and we'll announce on Facebook um, who the winner is and you will be sent a lovely sweet treat for you to enjoy whilst listening to the podcast this week. We thought that next week it might be quite fun um, to have some of you actually read out your questions. So if you have a question for us, either... Send it in via email if you don't want to record yourself. Or if you fancy, you can send us a voice memo um, via your phone. So if you just go into the section next to the calculator, there's a little app there that says voice memo. You can record your question and then you can email it directly to linda at thekitchencroxy.com and we will insert it into our podcast next week. So that'll be lovely to have a few listener questions. That would be, be lovely to hear from some of our friends and listeners. So we hope you've enjoyed this week's podcast and especially if you're listening on one of our new platforms, let us know what you think. Um, I hate it when people always say like, subscribe, review, rate, everything, because I think if you want to do that, you will. If you don't, you won't. So hopefully you've enjoyed this. And again, if you have any questions, please send them to linda, L-I-N-D-A, at thekitchencroxley.com and we will pick them up from there. And um, yeah, lovely to talk to you. I hope you all have a lovely week and I hear the sun's coming out. So enjoy sunbathing in your gardens and we will speak to you again next week. Lovely. Bye-bye. Bye. Take care. Bye.